0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello, and welcome to the analyst at the Cricket World Cup. And just to say, actually, before we get into it, that this week's podcast is brought to you in association with Cricket19, the official video game of the Ashes, which, of course, is coming up after the World Cup. For more information on this fabulous game and to purchase, please visit Amazon.co.uk. So, we'll sort of actually just considering what's happened now we've had five days of the Cricket World Cup and actually after the first two or three sort of thinking one or two one-sided games we've actually had a couple of real white-knuckle rides and uh, games which the spectators were on the edge of their seats watching and the outcome was uncertain really till the last five overs I'm talking about Bangladesh against South Africa on Sunday and then of course England against Pakistan on Monday and uh, we've got later actually a man who's I suppose interest is in both camps in a way because uh, Steve Rhodes is coach of Bangladesh and, of course, former... England and Worcestershire County player as well. And England's next match is against Bangladesh, so he'll have been watching today's match with a lot of forensic attention. We've got an interview with him coming up a little bit later. Simon, you've been watching all the games with forensic attention as well, and is this a bit of a wake-up call for England, this defeat to Pakistan, do you think? Well, what I would say is that they threatened to do this in the
2: one-day series against England. There were four matches, England won them all, but Pakistan scored 340-plus in three of the games, so we shouldn't be surprised if they came out today and made 3.48. There's a lot of comments saying oh this is a new Pakistan you know they've turned up at last but actually they were playing like this during the one day series. Their batting was firing they did they did really well with their batting it was their bowling and fielding that let them down and they've strengthened their bowling or changed their bowling. Wahab well, mm. Riaz has come in he was a bit expensive today but he took three wickets Mohammed Amir you know he, he chipped in as well and Shadab a big difference I think having a leg spinner like that in their team, so they've changed their bowling lineup, and you know it, it worked for them in this game. Of course, the bowlers couldn't do very much on Friday when their batsman was steamrolled by the West Indies. So I don't think we should be necessarily that surprised at, at what Pakistan have, have come up with today
1: because they showed us what they were capable of during that one day series. So when we previewed the World Cup, uh, a couple of sides were more or less written off in that preview, but certainly Bangladesh and to a lesser extent Pakistan. I think Pakistan were in our sort of unlikely uh, potential kind of group, whereas Bangladesh were in complete write-offs. And both of those sides have now won an important match against a top-three side. Yeah, well, they might have been in your
2: uh, podcast, Simon, writing them off. I actually said at the start of the tournament, I think only Sri Lanka and Afghanistan can't make the the final four. So I hadn't written off Bangladesh, and I hadn't written off Pakistan. I I, I think Bangladesh are quite an interesting... Mm. Team, really. I I mean, they'll do really well to make the last four, but they've got some good cricketers and they've got a good way of playing. And we'll hear from Steve Rose in just a moment. And actually, I was not surprised at all that they beat South Africa, having seen South Africa play against England last Thursday. And the fact that Bangladesh batted first, I think that's what England should have done today, actually. They should have batted first, made use of... uh, of a situation where there's not so much pressure on you, go out there and express yourself, the way they play,
1: try and rack up 400, and then, you know, good luck chasing that. Yeah, I think, actually, that chasing these scores in a sort of ODI series... It's completely different, isn't it? Compared to the World Cup. The pressure it, it, of the World it, Cup, yeah, the different. pressure. And, and I suppose, if you look at the way the, the build-up has been, you know, there is that bit of extra pressure, you... you obviously all the coaching staff have been trying to work overtime on almost trying to minimize that pressure i know for instance england when they train pre match the day before the game they're trying to be encouraged don't go to the gym and do extra sessions don't spend too long in the nets just do enough you know don't it's more important to do quality rather than quantity and just to try and sort of reduce the emotional connection with what's uh, what's ahead in the end you can't escape it, can you? When you turn up to the ground in the morning, you know, there's all that dressing all round, there's about fifteen commentators from each broadcaster. You know, all going up, there's there's just so much attention on it. It, it just has a different feeling to your average one day international. Absolutely. And of course with the one day international series, there's always another game,
2: isn't there, against the same opposition. Oh well, you know, if we lose this there's there's another game in 3 days it's a five match series whatever uh, that's it, why i think you know, three match series are actually a much better test of a of a team's metal in in one day cricket because there is not much room for error anyway a brilliant win for for pakistan yeah, Re- really yeah. good i, I, I actually th- i thought friday at Trent Bridge was absolutely riveting. I know, I mean, if you had a ticket... This is West Indies. Yeah, West Indies. If you you had a ticket for Friday, then it would have been quite disappointing in a way because a short game only lasted 36 overs. But it was was thrilling cricket. West Indies with the ball and then with the bat. Absolutely magnificent. that, That sort of feeling at the start of the tournament that you know, they've got some dangerous players and could take down one or two. You know It could well be. They take down three, four, five, six. Who, who knows? But I mean, they really are one of the teams to watch, I think, West Indies. Of course, next game, they could lose by ten wickets. Well,
1: but, yes. But, I, but they've
2: got some quality I, there. I think
1: the thing about the West Indies, perhaps uh, uh, different to most of the other teams, is fitness. And already, you've got Gale, you've got Andre Russell, both sort of slightly nursing issues. Yeah. Maybe they won't play in the next yeah. match or they might not be fully fit for the next match. Them, and I, I think, you know, nine games... You, you've been making this point all along. And, and the more I watch these games, the more I think, nine ga- Nine of these games, yeah. you've got to get through nine before you <laughs> even get to the semi-finals. And the, the intensity of the games, you know, just it's exhausting watching them, never mind actually playing in them. So I think that could be a problem for the West Indies. Whereas Pakistan, and, you know, those two sides, West Indies and Pakistan, are the sort of two extreme sides from their respective continents, really. I mean, a West Indies... I suppose there's nobody else from that continent actually playing in this tournament but they are a very uh, up and down so you know they can completely fold or completely go mad and I think Pakistan are the same they just have so many exciting cricketers but the difference between Pakistan and West Indies is just looking at the fielding today is they're just that bit fitter actually than perhaps even Pakistani teams of old one or two slightly older players but still the, the younger players have brought that extra finesse into the fitness and I know um, Mickey Arthur's really focused on that as well over the last couple of years. He's wearing his heart on his sleeve in the, <laughs> in the dressing room. Virtually every ball, uh, living living through. I mean, he, he's probably no age about ten years in this tournament, I should think. But they they've made a, a statement today. Yeah, well,
2: they they've got some talent. Uh, there are there are lots of decent sides, aren't they? And it, it, in a way, it's great for the tournament that. West Indies have beaten Pakistan, Pakistan have beaten England, Bangladesh have beaten South yeah. Africa. Although I, I, you know just looking at that South African lineup I sort of slightly worry about them for the, for the rest of the tournament. It, it looks a bit thin. Mm. They've got some injury problems. They're very reliant on the sort of top four, their top four batting I think and Amla, of course missed the the last game. They they don't look like a side who are going to make the last four at the moment. Yeah. But then who knows? There's still there's still plenty of time to turn it round. But I think it's great for the the competition yes. because i think one of the fears at the start is if you know two or three sides won all their matches then you know, there'll be a, a bit of a procession through the tournament it's a long tournament as it is but if you know if we get to a situation where games later in the group stage every game matters or nearly every game matters then that will be good for the world cup and you know england cannot take anything for granted a bizarre day in a way for england you've got root and butler both making hundreds and England losing. I mean it's, it's astonishing you know, butler make a 75 ball 100, root a sort of run a ball 100. And I have to say, you know, I watched the whole game and I thought Pakistan were winning for just about the whole day apart from just after root made his 100. At
1: that point you thought England England could go on and win well, this Well, the win predictor on telly had England at sixty forty about uh, just on a, on the when they were about two twenty, two thirty, mm, yeah. somewhere around there, when Root and Butler were going so well together, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, it, it's certainly a wake up call for England. And I spoke to Faf Du Plessis, the South African captain, before yesterday's match. After they played England, and I said, you know, what do you think of England? He said, yes, you know, very very good side. I said, how do you beat them? And he said, get them four down. Mm. That's the only way is get them four down without that many on the board, and that way you got a chance and that sort of happened today uh, I, I mean england had 100 for four but still that's chasing 350 yeah. that's 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 pressure and they weren't able to overcome it. And I, I guess the other thing to, to worry about a bit after today's performance for England is is the form of Moen Ali, who, you know, it, number seven... Is as such a batsman, an Im- he actually bowled quite well. Yeah. He took three for 50. I meant, I meant yeah. as a batsman. I mean, you know, number seven is such an important yeah. spot in this sort of cricket, isn't it? Number six and seven, you've got to come in and get... A hundred off twelve overs to win, or you know, get, give the innings the extra spurt that, that it needs, and he just doesn't have it at the moment. He doesn't look like, like he can buy a run. No, it was it was really disappointing, wasn't it? I mean,
2: if, if if he'd actually come in and struck it well, then England might well have won the game. But just looking at him, he, he's miscuing, you know, missing the ball, deceived by slower balls and then ultimately quite a, a disappointing mm. uh, dismissal to a, a short, slower ball from Wahab I mean, you, know, you can't blame Moeen Ali for England's defeat today, but I think you know an informed firing Moeen coming in at seven would have given England a, a really decent chance of winning that match. What was it, 14 runs in the end? I mean, the other person who had a, you know, one of those... You, you, what's it that day in, in January? Is it, the, is it the third Monday of the year? the what, year Black, Back Black Monday, Monday or something. Or... They say it's the most depressing day of the year. Well, Jason Roy today <laughs> had a, a third Monday in January sort of day, didn't he, really? I mean, he, he dropped hafeez early on. Uh, it's an unbelievable drop, really, for a, for a fielder that good. I mean, you'd expect, actually, you know, all the every England fielder have taken that catch. Long off, in the air for about five seconds... Straightforward catch. It's almost too easy to practice. Do you know what I mean? In, in practice, it's, it's almost pointless practicing those because they're so easy. And he, and he dropped it. And there was a an, you know run out chance as well. He just missed the ball completely. And then really strange shot to to shadow, trying to sweep a very full length ball and anyone who's you know who's, who's tried to batten. Trying to sweep a full length ball, it's quite difficult. Actually, you know, you
1: really you should have been, you know, you should have been driving it. But anyway, well, you, I think the trouble with sweeping is it can be premeditated. Yeah, well, that's that's. That, I, I, once I accept you've missed, that. Once but you've can miss you not the pull leg, out? Can you not pull you, out? Well, you can, but it. You You're know, depends. Sweep, depends you... how far through the shot you are, and then obviously the the, the the skillful players, the ones that have a deft touch, like a root or even a butler, actually can pull out. But Roy is such a sort of muscular kind of player who does, you know, have a big high back lift and you. Know, a big front stride and that, that you know once your uh, shot is halfway through with a pull or a or a sweep it's it's pretty hard to bail out. You didn't mention Rashid today either who who went for 40 yeah. off, off 5 and was sort of taken down by the Pakistanis. He's had a, a bit of a shoulder issue before this tournament started. I don't want to sort of ring the alarm bells for England. I mean they were always going to lose one or two games and Pakistan probably are the kind of team who have so much panache and slight unpredictability, and the fact they got three left armors, not that they had three left armors today, they only had two, but those kind of bowlers, sort of slightly skiddy, low-slung bowlers, good at bowling with the older ball, really going for it, bowling very aggressively, you know, those kind of bowlers can turn the tables on you. Mm. Rashid, of course,
2: had the catch dropped off him, you know, the, the straightforward one, Hafiz, early on. Hafiz went on to be Pakistan's leading scorer and, and you know, was aggressive throughout, but having said that, of course, Barbara Zam dropped root. It sort of, you know, in a way, it, it balanced it out, balanced yeah. it out even, yeah. even itself up. Uh, Barbara dropped root on nine, and Hafiz was dropped on fourteen uh, by Roy. I think we, I think today showed what we we both feel. I certainly feel it. England are a, a very good one day side, but they're not, you know, they're, they're not impregnable. They're not like the West Indies. You know, in the, in the 1970s and, and early 80s, albeit West Indies, of course, lost the World Cup final in 83, surprisingly, to India. Well, they're not like the Australian side that dominated mm. World Cups. They're not, they're not like that. They're, they are easy on the eye. They're, they're fun to watch. They've got exciting players. But they've also got those, those vulnerabilities, which actually makes, it, makes them a really interesting team to watch. And it, and it makes the rest of the competition fascinating as well.
1: So one thing I'm thinking about uh, England after that first match, the thing that really impressed me was their fielding. You know, they managed to get their score just over 300, which they sort of scratched and scrapped and and got a a decent score. And I I spoke to Shane Warne at half-time, and he said that about a par score. And I said, well, I don't think it is a par score. I think it's just above par. But it's if they field and bowl absolutely brilliantly it will seem like a comfortable winning score and it, and it obviously in the end was but their fielding that day was exceptional the catching obviously ben stokes that ridiculous catch but actually the run out uh, the run out that that stokes effected as well the aggressive nature that in which they fielded both on the boundary you know stokes he He volunteered to field on that long boundary at the Oval for the whole match. And it it saved probably 20 runs because he just sprinted up and down it and attacked the ball with one hand, got that run out as well as the catch. But then the fielding in the ring as well, the number of diving stops and things was just incredible. Today, they were found out in the field a bit. It's it's odd how it goes, that. Yeah, it was a really...
2: Below par performance from England. In the field it wasn't horrendous. I mean, Chris Wokes caught one superb catch, for for example. There wasn't horrendous from England in the field, but it was just sloppy. It was not what we've come to expect of them. I mean, I I don't think they were complacent or anything like that. I I really don't. It was. It, you're right. I think you can have. Those days, and Where it all you know, goes perfectly. Also, the other thing yeah. as well. One other thing as well, which I, I th- thought about what, watching today's match during the Pakistan England series, which England won four 0 and but they were, you know, they were really tested at times in that series. Um, that there wasn't much Pakistan support, whereas today I think Pakistan fed off the crowd, mm. and that support is really important to them mm. and really helped them, and it's, it's a really big factor. For Pakistan, yeah. and
1: it's it's great for the competition of course, as well. I, I suppose uh, people would have asked, you know, well, people did ask, why weren't there more Pakistanis at the games during the one day series? Well, they were saving up their <laughs> their money for the World Cup, and you need to. You, you do. I, I've, um, my, uh, my doctor is Indian, and he he's he's got
2: tickets for every single it, India match, and he's all, he's got tickets for the semi final and the final as well. But and he was saying, goodness me, this is a doctor who probably earns quite a lot of money, says. They're Extremely expensive, you know, and he, even he was sort of saying, you know, this is—it's a lot of money
1: to to pay. So you can sort of understand why uh, well, the Pakistan's
2: here, board, you know, did wait for the World Cup because this is what yeah. it's all about, isn't he,
1: it? Here's a tip, though: if, if a friend of mine who was desperate to go to the game today at Trent Bridge got them on eBay for much less than the face value for a hospitality type ticket, he paid a hundred quid, got two tickets for the, uh, the England-Pakistan uh, match at Trent Bridge today, and th- it wasn't full, was it? There was plenty of hospitality ticket area seats where people maybe did decided not to go or offloaded the tickets or whatever, but I'm sure if you hunt around enough, you will find tickets. Yeah. So, a couple of
2: really exciting days in the World Cup. Big win for... Pakistan, chasing day for England, and a very chasing day for South Africa yesterday, and a fabulous day for, for Bangladesh. Mm. Um, you spoke to their coach, Steve Rhodes, afterwards.
0: Is that one of the highlights of your career? Oh, I think, you know, being here um, as a coach, a head coach in a World Cup, is one of the highlights of my career, let alone beating South Africa in the first game. But, uh, I've I've had lots of highs, lots of lows, but uh, this is certainly one of the highs and... uh you know I think they're ranked number three in the world so beating a side that's ranked three in the world is a great effort I'm very proud of the boys what, what do you put the, the, the victory down to I mean obviously good teamwork but <laughs> in, kind of, in in
1: particular sort of working well in I mean 54 off the last four overs
0: Yeah, we, we've, been trying, we've been trying to really um, give specific roles for people um, where they bat and where they bowl and, and I think it's working and we've had a little bit more of a consistent side lately so that does help uh, people get to know exactly what to do at the right time so I thought it was some very sensible cricket the openers got us off to a great start and then that big partnership with uh, uh, Mushy and and Saki two experienced players but they set up the game nicely and um, the little flourish at the end was was needed but um, that's obviously something we planned for and then the the bowling although we went with some different variations we had the right people bowling at the right times and that was crucial
1: Actually it was a a pitch in the end that was quite, well, not Bangladesh-like, but, I mean, not necessarily very English-like. It was sort of gripping a little bit, turning a little bit.
0: Well, actually played in the all hands. I actually came, I came and watched. I watched every ball of the England-South Africa game on purpose to, to have a good look. I was just praying that we would play on the same pitch because I recognised that the, the other one was quite a way off. Uh, when I turned up for practice the next day and I found that out, I thought, that's going to suit us down to the ground and... Uh, the Cutters worked in that game and they worked in this game, so um, we're just very pleased to play on that weekend.
1: What's it, what's it been
0: like coaching a, a
1: team like Bangladesh? I mean, you come from Worcester, <laughs> where you've been for many years, and suddenly you're in Dhaka or somewhere similar.
0: I mean, what's the contrast? Well, I, think, I think the key is, you know, we were starting to make some good strides in 50 over cricket before I got there, uh, so I had to quickly assess why we were you know, doing okay and then enhance that even more because it would have been wrong for me to come in and uh, and change that. We were going in the right direction. I needed to recognise what we were doing well and I've tried to... Enhance that. I've tried to get some more consistency with selection, and I think what that does is give confidence into the players. Um, they're quite an experienced side. We have our uh, areas that we can definitely improve, but um, there's only so much you can do in some areas, and there's other areas we can get even better at. You know, um, we bat well. We've got good skill with the bat, good skill with the ball. You know, but we can be even better. And uh, I know with the fielding wasn't as good as some international teams today. Uh, today but um, like I say, our batting and bowling is a stronger part of our suit.
1: One uh, noticeable statistic, that Bangladesh is batting against quick bowling in the last four years has dramatically improved. And what do you put that down to? And it, and it was very right, evident yeah, today, I, by I, the way, I, that I, the short of a length attack from South Africa backfired.
0: Yeah, I, I don't want to tell you one, one thing, because I think that uh, what we are doing is working in that respect, and I don't want other people to know about that, but... Um, I I scratched my head a couple of times thinking, how can we, how how are we doing better against the short ball when it's white compared with the red ball uh, in test matches? And, uh, you know, I I, I know the answer, I'm not going to tell you, but um, we're working on it and it's working at the moment.
1: So that was Steve Rhodes, who, of course, played for Worcestershire, a wicketkeeper, played for England as well, uh, coached Worcestershire for a long time and is now head coach of Bangladesh, along with Courtney Walsh, actually. It's quite interesting seeing the the, the various personnel now appearing as coaches for these different countries. And I, I thought, you know, Bangladesh, their their campaign, their their approach in that match against South Africa was very clever. And he mentions there about batsmen for specific roles, for instance, and it was clear what they intended to do. They they sent out their opening pair to sort of take on the short ball at the beginning. I was a bit worried about Tammy McBall, actually. I think he looks perhaps past it, but the other batsmen played really well and took on the short ball, and I thought South Africa overdid it, and then they sent in Mozadek and... Uh, Mamadoula at the end, to get those uh, runs at the in the last five overs. And they scored 54 off the last four overs, the, the Bangladeshis. And that really took the score out of South Africa's reach. Then South Africa, as you mentioned earlier, they are very reliant on that top four, um, obviously missing Hashim Amla because of that blow to the head. I think he would be back for the, the next match. But to me, their middle order, sort of Miller and Dumini and people like that. They just don't deliver. In fact, we came up with a stat on TV that both of those players in the final equation chasing a score, only 30% of the time do they Mm. uh, bring bring South Africa home. So they are very vulnerable in that lower order. Plus, you mentioned they've got injuries. I spoke to Dale Stane after the game yesterday. Are you nearly fit? And he said, well, I've just got to try and get through 10 overs. That didn't sound like confidence to me. So... They are still nursing one or two problems, South Africa. Bangladesh, just a a very clever campaign, and England need to watch out for them. That's their next game. Yeah, big call saying Tamin Mekbar this past He's only 30 years of age. Just thought he looked um, uncertain, actually, and he just couldn't seem to get any timing. And his opening partner, Sumaya, just looked so much more fluent and aggressive. Tamin was sort of... Fiddling around trying to get his bat on the ball, he got a bit stuck and then he got caught behind, sort of playing a fairly nothing shot. Well,
2: he's been injured of late, yeah. so perhaps he's just not had as much, you
1: know. Well, he didn't look like time. the old Tammy McBall, yeah. anyway.
2: Well, he's played 194 one day internationals, and he scored over six and a half thousand runs and 1146. 15, he's only 30. He, sh- he shouldn't be. Well, there's well, a pedigree there, he should be passed. He's paid 195, he's played much, and he's
1: only <laughs> 30. It, it ages you by 10 years playing all those one day internationals. Uh, what about
2: Australia? They made their entrance into the competition on Saturday. I was there in Bristol watching them play uh, Afghanistan. I thought Afghanistan were a bit naive, that they're going to provide some fun, entertainment along the way, but they just didn't uh, they, they quite look to have the. Uh, the, the quality to mm, the finesse, really. yeah, to challenge some of the you know the, the top teams. they scored over two hundred, and Australia took their time in in knocking them off. I thought Australia were really quite conservative actually in, in knocking them off. It's almost like, oh yeah, we don't, make, don't want to make any mistakes, you know. We, uh, Warner wanted to have a. It felt like a glorified net really for, for some of them, uh, not not for Finch actually. Finch went out there and, and bashed it from the start and played really well, but for Warner it felt like a, a bit like a a an acclimatization net, really. Um, you, you know, and you never know, you never know. Net run rate might be important at the end of the tournament. I was just a bit surprised that Australia didn't get on with it a bit more and you know, really nailed their net run rate in the way the West Indies had, had done against Pakistan. I mean, you know, they could have just knocked them off the West Indies, you know, 24 overs, just over 100 to win, but they just went for it, you know, bish bash, smash it everywhere, and they won in what. 12 and a bit overs, and you know, then
1: massive bonus for their net run rate there. And Australia didn't. I just thought it was a bit strange. I like uh, there was a comment on the radio, actually, uh, after the West Indies game. Um, it gives them a bit more time to travel around the country. If you win in the game early, you've got to get to the next venue, get back on the coach. And someone said, I don't think Chris Gale has a, a coach. I think he's probably got his own limo with giant speakers and all that. So I, I'd be, be interested to know, actually, whether... Individual players have got their own methods of transport. Um, where are you off to next? I'm off to Cardiff for the match
2: between Sri Lanka and Afghanistan, which feels a little bit like a wooden spoon match. The...
1: Early season relegation battle. <laughs> well, it,
2: well, it could be, but you you never know. This this World Cup has already provided a a couple of uh, mild surprises. I mean, it's not that big a surprise, I think, that Pakistan beat England. You know, it's a significant win for for Pakistan, but, you know, they've they've done it before. They did it in the Champions Trophy in a big game, and I don't think it was that big a surprise, especially, as I said earlier, once they batted first, after being put in, that Bangladesh beat South Africa. I think South Africa rather played into their hands uh, doing that.
1: Yeah, I agree, and... A couple of times teams now have decided to put a team in. South Africa put Bangladesh in as well. And there was a lot of people saying, well, they probably should have batted first. I think that if you play on a a, a wicket that's been used, which that game at the Oval was, that's dangerous, batting second. And also, I've just heard, in fact, from Joe Root, that the, the balls they're using for this World Cup, the white balls, have got a slightly bigger seam than the ones they've been using in past one day international series. And so there's just that bit more for the bowlers, the seamers and the spinners to work with. Not much and certainly no swing, but possibly a little bit more grippage for the for the seamers and for the for the spinners as well. So that just might help bring these uh, average scores down a bit. Yeah. Also, people say, "Oh, ten oh,
2: thirty start." You know, there might be something in it early on for the bowlers. I mean, gets, yeah. I was woken up by the, you know, the, the sun coming through my curtain about quarter to five this morning. It's about <laughs> five hours of daylight yeah. you know, before yeah. we get to. And the grounds was up 10. there at
1: about six o'clock. And, and, as well. and the
2: drainage is so good these days. Well, yeah. It's not like the old days. No. It's, I mean, you think of a ten thirty start in England. It is not like that anymore. And, and also, it's been incredibly dry as well. So, I just wonder whether South Africa would be better off batting first. I know it's easy with hindsight, but I felt it as soon as actually as soon as I saw. Bangladesh had been put into bat. I had a little wager on Bangladesh to, to win the match. And I also thought that England should have batted first today as well. But, I mean, Owen Morgan said one of the reasons... Well, it wasn't about 10 anything like that. It was, it's a difficult ground to defend. You know, when a team's on the charge, you know, it's very hard to hold them. Uh, well, Pakistan managed to do that to England today. But, I mean, England, surely back yourself... Back yourself to score the Scanking 380, pressure. 400 or whatever. Mm. What was interesting actually is I think I think I'm right in saying this that in the, in the last five overs, when we reached the last five overs, England were ahead on runs and wickets. They were more advanced than Pakistan were. But of course, when you don't bat with the pressure of the of the total or the target, it is it, that bit easier, and Pakistan could play with freedom to get to their 348, and England couldn't play with that same freedom. Having mm. said that, if Root and Butler have stayed in for another five overs. If some butts, isn't it? Ifs mm. some butts, but they didn't, and they played very well, but it wasn't quite good enough.
1: And well done to Pakistan, who I think have ended a run of 11 matches without a victory in one-day cricket, so uh, they'll have a, a decent celebration tonight before heading off to their next game. I'm doing New Zealand against Bangladesh Wednesday at the Oval, that'll be a, a bit of a tussle. Actually, I'll just think New Zealand will have to think now. Mm, take this one seriously. They're not going to be easy to beat. Uh, absolutely, we haven't mentioned uh, New Zealand yet. A crushing victory against uh, Sri Lanka, who, l-
2: who look a bit of a shambles uh, so far, and just in their build-up and the fact they, you know, they brought in players that haven't played for four years. You know, in their one-day international team, uh, Karen Atny, their their captain, I think Karen is bat. He's only played nineteen. 19- one-day internationals. He hasn't played for an age in, in their one-day side And I think as he's well. got a Jeff
1: Boycott kind of strike rate as well, hasn't he? He's, he scores at about 25 runs per 100 balls or something, so Jeff- maybe keep Jeff- him in. You know? Jeffrey didn't score as fast as that, did he? <laughs> well, anyway, um, lots of uh, interesting stuff in that, those first five days uh, of the World Cup. Just to remind you again, by the way, that this week's podcast is brought to you in association with Cricket19, the official video game of the Ashes uh so go to amazon.co.uk for more information about that it's a very good game actually cricket 19 uh will give you a lot of fun if there's no cricket to watch on telly
2: and it's been a i think a really interesting start to the World Cup as well it, yeah. it really has I, the first few days have wetted my appetite let's
1: hope the uh, the weather doesn't wet us in the next few days there might be a bit of rain around good luck to, uh, to everybody in the coming days as I say we'll be at some other games and we'll speak to you later in the week it's been great fun so far let's hope it carries on thanks for listening goodbye for now <laughs>
0: Podcast Network